Hello, hello. I'm Michelle, and this is the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast, the podcast for anyone wanting to learn church finances and how to serve the local church with excellence. I am a church finance consultant, and I am also an enrolled agent who specializes in minister taxes. I have had the honor of helping churches ensure compliance in all areas of their finances, as well as helping ministers with their unique tax status for the last decade. In this podcast, you are going to get the very best advice on how to properly handle all things church finances, payroll, and minister taxes, all with a healthy dose of Jesus. So grab a notebook and pen, my friend, to take some great notes, and let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Think I hope you all had a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving holiday. I ate turkey like five times. <laughs> I ate it Thursday and then Friday and Saturday and then again on Sunday. And then we had turkey dumplings for dinner last night. So we had it twice last night as well. Um, I love me some turkey, but I think I've had enough turkey for a few days. <laughs> uh, today we are, because it's the end of the year, and because for me, I have to get back into tax mode, believe it or not. We had, this is the time of year that we have to renew our P10, which is the number that allows us to e-file tax returns. I have to, had to renew my EA license uh, for the next three years. I had to order my tax book, um, which is the best uh, help aid out there for tax preparers. Is this thing called, it's actually called the tax book. I ordered that for next year. And now I've got to, I keep putting off ordering that tax software, but I have got to get that done as well. So anyways, so since I'm thinking about all of this with taxes, I thought, well, you know what, let's do an episode on tax issues for ministers. So regardless of what your position is or how long, how much you know about minister taxes, this could be just a refresher course for you, or it could be something totally new, or it could be kind of a combo. But I want to make sure that I've got nine things that I want you to remember for tax issues for ministers, okay? So number one is the dual tax status of ministers. This is the one that gets a lot of people confused and they don't understand. But qualified ministers are employees for income tax purposes, but they're considered self-employed for FICA taxes, which is Social Security and Medicare taxes. And what that means is their salary and their wages are subject to federal income taxes but their salary, their wages, and their housing allowance are subject to self-employment taxes. So that means that the church does not do the company match for Social Security and Medicare taxes like a normal employee. The minister is responsible for all of that, okay? So number one, the dual tax status of, of uh, ministers. Number two. Because of this dual tax status and because the minister is considered self-employed for those FICA taxes, he should really be making those estimated tax payments throughout the year to help pay those self-employment taxes that will be due on the income to avoid underpayment penalties, okay? You could be charged, and this is for anybody, okay, not just ministers, but anybody, if they owe $1,000 or more in a tax liability, 
they can be charged with underpayment penalties or if they don't pay at least the minimum of what they paid in the previous years, what their previous year's tax liability was, if they don't pay at least that much and they owe more, then they can be charged an underpayment penalty. And remember, we never, ever, ever want to give the IRS more than they're legitimately owed. All right. So the third thing is a lot of times this can get people in trouble is is the minister an employee or are they an independent contractor? A lot of churches that I talk to, they will say, well, the minister said he wants to be blah, 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 blah. Well, no offense, but you know I am blunt. It doesn't matter what the minister wants. What matters is what the IRS has to say about it, <laughs> okay? So there is a test to determine whether a minister is an employee or an independent contractor. Very seldom will a minister be considered an independent contractor unless he's like filling in, like doing a what you call pulpit supply, where the regular minister is out. So he fills in for, you know, a week or a month or, you know, even two or three months, he could do that. Sometimes you can do a, um, like an interim, which is going to be short term. And you know that the individual is not going to become your minister. He has no plans to stay there. He's just going to fill in until you get somebody else. Okay. He can be considered an independent contractor. Now, if you have a regular, even if they're full-time or part-time, but they are your regular minister who their employment is considered till death do us part. <laughs> okay. They are going to be an employee. Um, so there's a test that we can do to determine, um, which one they work for, but that's number three is a big tax issue is, are they an, an employee or an independent contractor? And there is a, um, I've got a, uh, a PDF that I'll put a link in the show notes to so that we can do that. And I'm going to make myself a note here real quick to do that. Okay. All right. So next Number four is housing allowance. Housing allowance is exempt from federal income uh, to the point that there are uh, verified expenses that go against it. But it is subject to SECA taxes or the self-employment taxes, and it does have the limitations on the amount that can be designated. So what that means is if you designate $20,000 for your housing allowance, but you only spend actual housing expenses of 16000 that 20000 minus 16 equals 4000 That 4000 moves over to line 7 of the 1040 and also becomes subject to federal income tax. All right. Number five, business expenses must be allocated between taxable and non-taxable income. These are calculated on the minister's tax return. There are three clergy worksheets that go with their 1040 to uh, calculate how much they actually owe in self-employment taxes. So bis any business expenses that they have have to be calculated between that taxable and non-taxable. All right. Number six, there are special rules that apply to retired ministers who receive any of their retirement benefits as housing allowance. So if you or someone you know is a retired minister, 
um, and they're receiving retirement benefits, definitely check into uh, special rules that apply to them if they have some of it designated as housing. All right, number seven, form 4361. What this is, is this is a form that states that the minister has a conscientious objection to uh, government assistance, okay? So basically, this means that they want to opt out of Social Security and Medicare so that when they hit retirement age, they do not receive those benefits. Unfortunately, there will be individuals who say, oh, that's great. I don't want them to tax any of my money. I don't care about retirement. I'll do it. You know, I'll figure out my own retirement. I don't need the government to take care of me. So they fill out this form. And then what they don't realize is the closer they get to retirement age, they didn't do such a hot job (laughs) of creating a retirement plan for themselves. And they're like, oh, well, we want to change this. Well, sorry about your luck, buddy. But once you file Form 4361, it is non-revocable. Once it's done, it is done. There's not a thing you could do about it, no matter whining, complaining. It doesn't matter, okay? So another thing about this is that this form has to be filed within the first two years of earning minister earnings of $400 or more, okay? So if you earn $200 in one year, in 2023, but you don't make the next $200 until 2024, you have that amount of time, okay, to file this form within the first two years, okay? But if you make $600 in year one and, you know, you decide don't want to do anything, you earn, you don't do anything the next year, and then year, year three, you're like, oh, well, I think I want to file this form too late. Okay. You can't do it. And another thing that people try to, and I have, I've seen this, I've heard this, is that you have to, if you were to ever get audited, you have to prove that this just wasn't an economic decision. This wasn't just a, oh, this is what my denomination told me to do. Okay. This has to be a conscientious objection to government assistance. Now, keep in mind, this only applies to your ministerial income. If a minister is bivocational and they work at the at the church, they earn money, and they also do part-time work at AutoZone, delivering auto parts, okay? They can absolutely are subject to regular Social Security and Medicare taxes on their AutoZone income because they're just a regular plain Jane, everyday employee, okay, that does not mess with their ministerial income. All right, number eight. So due to the TCJA, which is the Tax Cuts and Job Act, um, until 2025, the miscellaneous itemized deduction that's subject to the 2% AGI limitation is not allowed. There used to be where you could, an employee could do unreimbursed business expenses, they could put this on their Schedule A of their Form 1040, and they could deduct some of those. Well, the Tax Cuts and Job Act did away with that. But 
If the minister has unreimbursed job expenses, he can subtract them from self-employment earnings on worksheet three of the clergy worksheets that I was telling you about on his 1040 tax return. Okay, so if he's got unreimbursed job expenses, tell him to make sure that he uh, gets those subtracted from the self-employment earnings on worksheet three of the clergy worksheets. All right. And then the last thing that I'll touch on for the tax issues for ministers is that gifts given because this is the gift season, you know, gift giving time of the year. Gifts that are given to active ministers are generally almost always going to be compensation for services rendered and therefore included as taxable income. All right. So I know that's a lot. Um, that's just a quick overview, but I did want to touch on those. So remember the dual tax status of ministers, their employees for income tax purposes, but not self-employment, um, but they're considered self-employment for FICA taxes. Okay. Uh, the minister should be making estimated tax payments through the year to help with that year-end tax liability. Uh, the old <laughs> employee versus independent contractor conversation. The IRS has the say-so on that, not the minister nor the church. Um, housing allowance is exempt from federal income tax, but is subject to self-employment taxes. The business expenses um, can be allocated or must be allocated between taxable and non-taxable income, which is calculated on those clergy sheets. And then there are special rules that apply to retired ministers, the Form 4361 and how that works. And then, again, going back to those clergy worksheets, making sure that the minister, if they have any unreimbursed job expenses, get those subtracted from his self-employment earnings on that worksheet number three, and then that gifts are taxable. So I hope this wasn't too much. As always, I'll put some of these in the notes. I'll put a link. I'll try to see if I can attach a PDF, give you a link for this employee versus independent contractor. And until then, I guess that's going to be it. Thank you again for giving of your time. I do truly appreciate it. Remember that always to strive to make an impact and not just an income. And remember to look your best, do your best, and be your best. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or were inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people to find the show and then share this episode with someone who you think it could help. Until next time, my friend, be blessed.